Hello, 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 and thanks for tuning in to NYU's premier student news and culture show, The Rundown, here on WNYU 89.1 FM and online everywhere at WNYU.org. I'm your host, Harrison VJ Choi. Now, the special thing about college is that college brings a lot of firsts. For many of us, college may be the first time we're really away from home. It could also be the first time that we've had to live on our own, and this can all be pretty overwhelming. But at the same time, with so much freedom, college is like the prime place to start making content. I mean, think of it. College is the perfect place to make videos, music, and media because we not only have the time and allowance to try new things, but we're constantly surrounded by new ideas, ambitious people, and, you know, overall creativity. So for this week's episode and for next week's episode of The Rundown, we're going to be talking about college content creators and what makes them tick. Now, we all have had our moments trying to play music. Like, I feel it's totally a college thing to try to learn to play guitar, and yes, I am extremely, extremely guilty of this. But nonetheless, some of us take our music fantasies to the next level, and one person doing so is Berklee College of Music musician Olivia Davis. Under the name Olivia for now, Olivia just released her debut EP entitled Elsewhere, and she was gracious enough to sit down with me over the phone to talk about it. All right, Olivia, so um, tell us a little bit about yourself. I am currently studying songwriting and performance at Berklee College of Music. Being at Berklee has been so amazing because I've gotten to meet so many people and everyone basically on the EP our friends from Berkeley. So the first three years at Berkeley were basically spent making this EP. And I'm originally from Detroit, so a lot of like the like sonic influences in the project are super heavily from like Motown and the Detroit like electronic sound. Love it, yeah. love it. I guess bouncing off of that. So. How did you come up with the name Olivia for now, and how did you get your start in music? I didn't have, like, a very traditional start as a musician. I think a lot of people at my school and a lot of people that I'm friends with kind of started with music lessons as a kid. And I always asked my parents for music lessons, but they were kind of burned by all the things that my older sister had started and then quit as a child so they wouldn't let me <laughs> start they didn't want to like invest any money into something that they thought I was going to quit so I kind of um, pursued music on my own I started teaching myself piano and guitar just as like any kind of tween does when they want to learn like the latest Taylor Swift song or something <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so it's, like, absolutely four chords and then and as far as where I got the name Olivia for now, I always knew I wanted a stage name because Olivia Davis, which is my birth name, is pretty boring and pretty common. <laughs> so I always thought that I needed something, but like I couldn't necessarily find something that felt really right to me that I could necessarily like take myself seriously saying to people like oh my stage name is like sky face in all caps and <laughs> gotcha. like I wasn't going to I just didn't take myself seriously thinking of anything like that 
don't know. I think one day when I was trying to come up with like a username for like a creative website, I typed in Olivia for now because I knew that because I said I wanted to change it at some point, but I didn't necessarily know when. But for now, I just wanted to be Olivia. It just works for me because I don't necessarily know what kind of artist I want to be forever, and I don't know what kind of music I want to be making forever. Totally. Um, so, and I didn't want to like tie myself down to a name that would or wouldn't work for any sort of type of music or artist that I wanted to be. So, it also kind of makes sense for, you know, just like an ever-changing freedom to do what I want with it. I mean, one thing that I really, really enjoyed about your EP and your project is that you kind of blend a lot of funk, a lot of pop, some ETM, and I believe in one song you even have like this little bossa section. What yeah, goes into yeah. your like song process writing and how does that influence, you know, this project? Well, I mean, before coming to Berkeley, I only wrote songs primarily alone, uh, primarily with like the guitar that I was teaching myself how to play or piano and my, my skills pretty like pretty rudimentary so I could only write songs like you know to my abilities and then when I got to Berkeley I met my producer his name is Noah Vickman and he produced the entire project and he's just so so amazing at what he does not only as like a guitarist and a songwriter but as you know this person who put together this world that we created, like this world of sounds that we tried to create with Elsewhere. But we started writing together, and since he's a guitarist and I'm primarily a vocalist and a songwriter, it really like opened up a lot of freedom for me, because for the first time I didn't have to figure out chords, I didn't have to think about harmony, I could just kind of focus on my main objective, which was coming up with the melody, and it was super easy to do with him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember for the for Fly, which was the first song we wrote together, he just sent me this little like loop that he had made on his computer, and I sent him back like a, a voice memo of like what I heard immediately when I start when that started playing, and then that ended up being an idea that he liked, which was the verse for Fly, and then we just got together and finished the song, mm-hmm. and that's basically how all of the songs kind of got put together like little feet he sent me just a beat that he was working on and i sent him back what would end up being verse for little feet and then we would finish them and kind of flesh them out now like we write together all the time and it's great listening to Little Feet, you have this really catchy kind of alliteration of lazy leather lip balm. Can you tell me how that kind of came to be? Yeah, that's funny because my friend actually was, was asking me about that lyric yesterday because she, she was sure that she was, like, her ear was tricking herself when she heard <laughs> the word leather, and I was like, no, that's, that's really what I said. So it kind of came from... I, I do really love alliteration, so I mm-hmm. definitely wanted that in there, and I love wordplay. 
And so I was thinking about this lip balm that I would put on before bed <laughs> that I would like put on before I go to sleep that I always kind of associated with um, this person that I was in a relationship with. And it just made, I don't know, like leather to me is very soft and smooth. And I think while I was like thinking of lyrics and singing over the melody, sometimes I just say gibberish things and they mm-hmm. come out and they end up staying in the actual <laughs> lyrics. So I think when I first was singing, I was saying, I was trying to come up with an alliteration and it came out as lazy leather lip balm to mean like sleepy mood and, and mm-hmm. soft lips and balm and whatnot. So that's kind of how it came out. <laughs> you call me baby, I let you listeners to take away from this album or EP? Ooh, it would make me really happy to know that like it's bringing like joy to people. I think all of the songs were written at least in some small parts from places of joy and we worked really really hard to not only tell the stories but like make them sort of a transportive experience and I think that's why I wanted to call it elsewhere because I feel like I can be somewhere else or be someone else. I think that like I'm very color driven and character driven mm-hmm. and place driven where like I want the sounds to bring you somewhere else and I want um, the stories to bring you somewhere else. So if people listen to it and they feel like they're kind of roller skating Mm-hmm. Space and colors are flying around them. That would make me happy because that's what we were trying to convey. As someone who just released a project and went through the whole process, what advice do you have for other aspiring musicians or people who are, you know, ready to take that next step and release something out on Spotify or? you know, on their own terms. Oh, God. I really don't think I'm <laughs> in any sort of place to give any advice, but I will repeat, like, I guess a small piece of advice I heard when, I, I mean, I was, like, feeling so much doubt at, at so many different stages of it. And so what another person told me who had already released stuff and just kind of felt that, you know, maybe... They release it on that day, and they they're hoping that it blows up, and it doesn't. Or you know, our worst fear that like no one's going to listen to it, no one's going to like mm-hmm. it. We're just gonna feel really sad about that. They said to me that like all you have to do is just get it out there, so you can get another one out there, so mm-hmm. you can get another one out there. Like you just have to have that first one out the door, and it will just it doesn't even need need to give you confidence. To, boost from others, like validation from others, you just have to know that you did it, and it's done, and you know that you can improve from what you just released, and you can make something even better next time around, so that's what I keep telling myself, is that like, you know, this is just one of many, Mm. and we're just gonna try, keep trying to improve, so I would 
tell people to tell that to themselves as well. That's some great advice. What do you mean you're not qualified? I, I think mean, it's it didn't fantastic. come from me, so I, I won't take credit mm-hmm. for it. I gotcha, I gotcha. Well, thank you so much, Olivia. Of course. I just wanna see you play. Now, before we close things out for tonight, this episode of The Rundown would not be complete without addressing the horrific things that are happening in Sudan. To get you up to date on the situation, we need to start back in April, where Sudanese President Omar al-Bashir had been arrested and forced to step down due to war crimes that include three counts of genocide in Darfur. With the arrest and ousting of al-Bashir, military leaders have controlled since, and had promised to restore power and control to civilians. But at this point, this promise has not been materialized, prompting protesters to gather against the military regime. Now, although demonstrators have been peacefully chanting and striking, military leaders have responded violently by raping, injuring, and killing protesters. And in an effort to hide all this, the military has taken extreme measures through hiding deceased bodies in the Nile to understate murders and cutting off internet access to prevent word getting out to the whole world. So where does this story end? Well, we'll see, as latest reports say that Sudanese military leaders have now announced that the state of Sudan's ruling future will be determined within the next nine months through a ballot box national election. But at this moment, hundreds of protesters are dead. And it's our job to get the word out there. If you like what you hear, want to hear something different, or want to shoot us a pitch, feel free to email us over at news at wnyu.org. That's news at wnyu.org. Thank you once again for listening. I'm Harrison VJ Choi, and I'll be back here same time, same place next week, and I hope you'll join me. Sick Transit Glory is next, and this has been The Rundown on WNYU 89.1 FM New York.